Hey everyone, and welcome to the Rookie Life Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Prophet, and I want to say thank you so much for joining us today for episode number 44. So today's topic is about two things, money and mindset. Well, actually, it's just one thing, right? Because it's the mindset you have about money. And the interview that I had with today's guest was phenomenal, and I learned so much from her, and I just can't wait to share with you just all the things that keep us trapped in like a scarcity mindset and keep us away from having an abundance mindset. So stay tuned for all the amazing things that are about to go down. But if you're brand new here to The Rookie Life... Welcome. Let me tell you about the other fun things we talk about here on the podcast. We focus on what it means to start something new, even when you have no idea where to begin, how to develop new skills in all areas of your life, and how to find that it factor that will keep you motivated every single day. So join us as we dive headfirst into what it means to be a rookie. Come on, rookies. We all have to start somewhere. Hey, you. Yeah. You. Yes. Yes, I'm talking to you. Do you see? Yeah. Okay. So are you looking to start a podcast in 2019, but you're thinking, I don't know what I'd talk about. Like, I have no idea even where to get started. Don't, 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 don't even let that thought overwhelm you because guess what? I've done all the work for you. I've actually created a workbook that has 500 podcast ideas for any industry. That's right, 500. Actually, it's over 500. I think it's like 554 for any kind of podcast. I specifically created this tool for entrepreneurs who aren't sure if podcasting is right for them. They say, well, I have a blank, insert any kind of industry, business. Will a podcast work for me? My answer 99.99999% of the time is yes, a podcast will totally work for that kind of business. So let's say you're in personal finance or real estate or business or marketing or technology or beauty and fashion or pet services or life coaching or parenting or any other number of industries. I've got you covered. Let me show you some podcast ideas that I have for you to get started. You can go to crystalprofit.com slash 500 podcast ideas. That's crystal with a K, profit with two F's and two T's, crystalprofit.com slash 500 podcast ideas, and you can grab this free, 100% free download today. All right, everyone. Welcome back to episode 44. So I'm really excited about today's guest and everything that we have in store for you, but I actually wanted to make a quick announcement. There's going to be a bonus episode later after this episode releases, and it's going to be explaining some of the changes that are coming to The Rookie Life because we're actually rebranding. The new podcast is going to be called The Profit Podcast, where we help entrepreneurs start, launch, and market their own podcast. 
So I wanted to just kind of drop a little bug in your ear right now. There's going to be way more details coming up in the next episode, but I just wanted to go ahead and tell you that some things are going to be changing. Don't worry, we're still going to have amazing guests on this show, and we're going to have so many stories to tell. We're just going to be switching from the current format of the show and changing a few things up here and there. So I just wanted to drop that in and let you know that some changes are a-coming. But let's jump right into my interview about our money and our mindset. So I'm really excited to introduce to you today, Sarah Dumois. So this interview was really interesting because about five years ago, maybe it's been longer than that, five years sounds about right, my husband and I kind of switched gears from a scarcity mindset ourselves to more of one of abundance. And how did we do that? We did Financial Peace University through Dave Ramsey, and it completely changed how we handle our money and our mindset. And so to speak to Sarah, this is what she does. Like this is her bread and butter. Like she is all about money and mindset and how she helps entrepreneurs and business owners upgrade their own money mindset. Doesn't that sound awesome? Upgrade your money mindset. That sounds amazing. And that sounds like exactly like what we have done. And I can't wait for you to hear the practical tips and the stories that she has to share about some of her own clients. That way, if you're struggling in this area, and you may not even know it, honestly, if you have been ingrained to live your lifestyle, like you just live your life a certain way, right? You don't think anything's wrong with it until you look up and you're like, oh, wait, we have no money and we have nothing to show for the money that we've spent. Like, where did it all go wrong? And I can say that because I've been there and like been there, done that, like bought the souvenir, right? But anyway, I won't talk about my story any longer because Sarah has so many amazing insights. And one of the other things that she does is she takes struggling entrepreneurs from hustling 24-7 just to get by to help them become the abundant CEO in their business. Sarah's specialty is offering private one-on-one coaching, and she actually does this with her husband, which is really cool. And they're going to soon offer some group coaching and online courses. So let's just get right into it because, like I said, this interview was so good. But here is my interview with Sarah Dumois. All right, Ricky Podcast listeners, I'm so excited to introduce you today to Sarah Dumois. So thank you so much for coming on the show, Sarah. Thank you for having me. So I kind of um, introduced you and gave a little bit of bio about who you are and what it is that you do, but I want to just kind of dive right into telling us a little bit about your story and how you got into the space that you're in and what you're doing today. Okay. So first of all, um, I kind of, I was always entrepreneurial minded. My, I I think I just got that from seeing my parents. My dad has, he's always worked a full-time job, but he's always had a side thing as he's a CPA. So he's always been an accountant in corporate world. Well, actually he really worked for the government for most of his career, but, um, he also always had a CPA business. So I helped him with that when I was, I think like six, seven around there, my mom started a chocolate business. So she always had me bagging up little chocolates for like 
uh, party favors or something like that. And I was always helping her with that. Um, for a little bit there, I was like creating bracelets and stuff and selling them at like craft fairs. Um, then when I was in like middle school and high school, I used to hustle lo uh, lollipops. Like I used to have blow pops in my back bag, uh, backpack and I would sell them for like 25 cents each. And like, I don't know, I think I ended up like quadrupling what I paid because I think it was like $10 for a pack of a hundred and then you end up with 40 bucks after you sell them for a quarter each. So yeah, I think that's the correct math anyway. <laughs> but the point is like, I've always kind of had that where I was, I never felt like a job is my only income. So when I finally turned 18 and I could actually like really do, you know, sign up for a direct sales type of thing or whatever, that's what I um, dug into. And I started, um, with actually selling adult toys and doing in-home parties. And then um, after I had my daughter, I kind of transitioned out of that. And I tried going back into the chocolate making business for a little bit, but I wasn't too thrilled with that. So I decided to leave that alone. Um, and then I tried, I did a couple of other direct sales things. And probably the biggest change um, for us was my husband got involved in financial services and it was kind of like a, a financial brokerage type of thing so we had a team we had a team of like over 100 people and so being in that space of leading a team and seeing what he was doing and all the personal development that goes into that um that was probably the biggest space where like i learned the most and like really dug in deep and and what inspired me to do money mindset training i think really spurred out of that business and what i was seeing not only with the clients that he was helping um but also the people that he was coaching to become financial advisors and all that kind of stuff and the struggles that they went through and we both realized that the entrepreneurial uh, game or space or however you want to call it, the biggest thing is your money mindset because you could, you could learn sales scripts all day. You could like literally somebody could pass you the book of exactly what they did. And if you are not in the right mindset in money terms and like you're not gonna you're not gonna succeed because you could even have like the correct kind of sales script on how to close the highest customer you could ever close whatever and if you are self-doubting or you're like you have some kind of negative money block um it you're gonna self-sabotage and you're going to even if you do reach some level of success you're only going to get so far until you start working on those things. And it all, I'm all for all sorts of personal development. But from what I found is that it all falls back specifically on money mindset. Cause that's the biggest thing. Oh, that's so interesting. So yeah. I am a huge Dave Ramsey fan <laughs> and I, you know, I just, I totally endorse everything that they do and you're absolutely right. Um, just, understanding the concept of how money actually works versus how 
people think it works. Cause right. I think that it's two totally different things. So I want to touch on something you said. So with the money mindset, as it applies to business now, as someone that helps people with this, do you find that you have to work with them on a personal level first and then work with them on a professional level? Or do you kind of like, is it one in the same? Does that make sense? It's pretty much one in the same. Okay. I, I really feel like, like my clients become family almost like we talk about so much stuff and not that we really dig into the personal things unless there's something, you know, I've had clients that they're just really going through some kind of tough time personally. It's like, okay, well, we got to talk about this. Like, let me know what's going on because clearly whatever's going on on the personal side is affecting it. You know, it translates. You're, you can't, um, you can't just work on business stuff if you're not working on your personal stuff too. So a lot of times, um, with my clients, it really, we're really working on both things, but really my approach is I usually, um, get on a call with a client, like a first time call. And it's a real, it's a real coaching call that we do. So there they tell me like what they're struggling with and we identify what their, what their struggles are, what their goals are and kind of the next steps that they need to accomplish. So really off the bat, I probably would say it's more so like getting to know them on the business side first. And then usually as we're going through the coaching, the personal stuff kind of comes out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, totally. Because in doing, you know, personal finance type stuff, you realize that a lot of it, it just is habits. You know, yeah. it's things that you learned either from your own upbringing or you learned in college or you learned from a job somewhere or something along those lines. So um, I want to kind of dive into something that you said. Um, and I had this question for later, but you just kind of brought up something that, and I'm like, oh, this is perfect for this question. But so if someone were just wanting to start a business, they are thinking, man, like I have this great idea. I want to get going as someone who's worked with people that are entrepreneurs, what would be your best advice to them? If they're like, well, I'm probably not in the best financial situation to do this, but my heart is burning. Like it's on fire. I want to do this. Like what would be your advice to them? Okay. So first of all, the first thing that I always, and I have a lot of those clients too, like first time business owners, entrepreneurs. So the first thing I always tell them is don't let anyone in this space. I don't, I don't care if you're direct sales, network marketing, just straight off want to open a brick and mortar store, online store, whatever. Doesn't matter. Don't let anybody tell you that you have to fully jump into business 100% first and that, oh, like, how are you going to build a business while you work a full-time job? Because I have seen so much, um, how would I word it? Like incorrect mentoring, I guess you can say, especially I feel like in the spaces where you have a leader, because I've seen it where leaders will mock people who have a job and they're like, Oh, like you're still, you're still a slave to your boss. You're still, and they'll like make it sound like it's a bad thing that somebody has a job while they're trying to build up this business. And I always tell people, I'm like, if, if anybody has anything negative to say about the fact that you have a nine to five job, stop listening to them, walk away and like, don't ever deal with that person again. Because I don't think I, I, can understand it from um, a leadership 
perspective, maybe of trying to like motivate somebody to like hurry up and build their business. But I feel like it does a lot more damage than good because if you feel that way, if you want to start a business and you're like, I can't do this because I have a job, I have to do my business 100%. You're setting yourself up for failure. And that's another like money mindset thing because you feel like, oh, how can I be this business owner when I'm not full-time in your business and it's full-time in my business. And, but you can, you can, you can work them simultaneously. So that's my first advice is if you're going to start a business, that's great, but don't stop whatever income you do have coming in right now. Um, the other advice I would do is say is don't get caught up in the, um, the expenses that are going to like drain your bank account fast. Like don't get caught up in, Oh, I have to have a fancy website. I have to go incorporate. I have to, whatever it is that is not an income producing activity. So you want to focus on the income producing activities first. And what that could look like is you want to get out and network. So you make business connections. Um, so you would go network with people, your ideal clients, um, or even trying to find your ideal clients. That's a big thing with starting a business too. You can't really start a business unless you know who you're serving. So figuring out those things that are going to give you um, the tools or the like finding your ideal client would be a tool to be able to then produce income. Um, networking with people and letting them know getting your name out there is a way to produce income. So anything that directly correlates with putting money into your pocket, that's what I would focus on first and let the technical paperwork type of stuff like incorporating, getting a fancy website, um, anything like that, let that come when you already have an income in your business and you're reinvesting back into your business. Unless, of course, if it's something like you want to open a restaurant and you need a business license in order to open, okay, well, that's a little bit different. But maybe if that's your goal, maybe you can look at um, less expensive ways to begin. Like maybe you can start with catering where you can cook out of your home if that's allowed in your state or because I know there's different rules, you know, different places. So um, that those two things would be my biggest pieces of advice for people that are just starting. Well, I, and I love that you said that because I have heard so many people that are like, well, you're not taking it serious if you yeah. don't go all in. And it, it does, like, it kind of hurts my heart that like people, yeah. they, they hear that and then they believe it and they're like, well, I'm failing, you know, right. at what I, at both things because this side hustle isn't taking off. And then my nine to five, like I have to quit that. Like, so I'm so glad that you said that. Like, hopefully there's someone listening that they're just like, okay, like Sarah yeah. said, this is fine. Like, okay, like I'm just going to keep grinding, keep doing what I'm doing until you can like, I guess, kind of bridge that gap of, you know, right. it, am I replacing? So, so I guess that's a good segue question. Like, would you advise someone to wait until they have a hundred percent replace their income from a side, whatever, and, until they left their nine to five job? Um, I would say it depends on your situation. Yeah. If you are, let's say you're working and you're making 40,000 a year, but you to pay your bills and to 
even still live fairly comfortably, you know, you're not stressing, you only need maybe 20,000 a year. Well, then you know that your number is going to be 20,000 for your business. And then you also want to make sure that you're doing that consistently. So I usually say on a bare minimum, you want to do that in three consecutive months. Ideally, you should probably have that kind of an income for at least six consecutive months. And then I think you're, you're pretty good to like put in your resignation at work and move forward. So for everybody, that's going to look differently. There might be, um, you know, some situations where somebody really doesn't even have to work. If you don't have to work, go ahead and do that jump all in and, and, you know, by all means, but I just really, um, dislike, and I, and I've been on that side. We've had leaders that like have literally like mocked us and been like, Oh, you're still working. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, because if you quit your job, what happens is that puts you even in a worse money mindset position. And now you're coming from, you're selling from a level of desperation and you're not selling from a level of servitude. And that, especially in, that's, that's one of the things that I feel that in the direct sales and the MLM space, it's kind of soured by those people who are so pushy because, and it's like, you could just like the desperate guy at the bar that won't leave you alone right (laughs) now the desperation is like no go away so (laughs) well that's so good though because and like I guess like to throw in like a personal note on that like specific piece um like I stay at home I've been a stay-at-home mom for five years however my husband and I like we took you know we did Dave Ramsey's like financial peace university and we learned how to live off of one income before we ever made that leap because I knew like I didn't want to we didn't want to stress about money so we cut everything back we learned how to live off one income and that alone has been the biggest blessing because now as I'm trying to grow my business there isn't that like cloud of like you have to make this work. Everything's going to fall apart or you're going to lose your house or your kids are going to starve. Like there's none of that in the back of my mind. So it helps me creatively explore new things. And then if it doesn't work out, it's not the end of the world. And Hey, if I make more money than I thought, like that's just an added bonus. Right. So I'm so glad that you said that because I think that that is where a lot of our listeners are. They're right in the middle of I want to start this thing, or I already have started this thing, but I'm starting to feel the pressure kind of building on. So, um, so for someone that, okay, that was advice for someone that's just starting for someone who's already in it and they're not really getting a lot of traction in their business from a money mindset standpoint, do you help clients focus more on what's happening right now or more in the future or in the past? Like how, how do y'all, um, or like on a yearly term, how do y'all kind of look at a customer situation? Um, it's kind of a mix of everything. Um, the most thing, the most that I do is I, when I'm sitting with a new client, I, we go through different, um, money block questions. So one thing to understand is um, I'm a big, like, I have a big interest in like understanding the subconscious mind versus the conscious mind. And so one thing that um, people need to understand is that 
from the age of zero to seven. And this is also good if you have kids, because then you can kind of tweak how you respond to things or what you say. But from zero to seven, we're walking subconscious mind. Like we don't have a conscious mind. We are a sponge and we're fully absorbing. So that means that whatever was said to you, around you, about money when you were the ages of zero to seven, that is why you're operating the way you're operating today. So we bring on our parents' money mindset. And if we don't work to fix that, we end up, our lives look parallel to our parents. Um, it also really the subconscious mind is still absorbing like zero to 18, but zero to seven, it's like super, like super sponge. So um, a lot of people's money blocks go way back before they could even like, you might be thinking like, why, why do I have this urge to like uh, retail therapy? Or why do I have this urge to like save all this money and never spend it? If you look at it and you look at what your parents did, you're probably doing exactly what they did. Like my parents, my, my mom was probably, my mom was a stay at home mom for most of my time. Um, but my dad was always a huge spender. He was always like racking up cards. They filed bankruptcy, all this stuff. So, and I saw those habits in myself, like probably as soon as I could, I applied for a credit card and started racking it up. So I had to reteach myself and get out of those money blocks to stop sabotaging myself essentially. Um, so there's different kinds of money blocks that people could have. It could be that it could be even something that maybe you don't have problems spending money. Maybe you have a block on receiving money. Like you were taught that uh, rich people are greedy and selfish and that they're evil or money's bad. Money's the root of all evil. Um, uh, what else? Like money doesn't grow on trees. You have to be an extremely hard worker to earn money. Well, all of those things, although it's not causing you to go out and spend money, it's going to limit your ability to receive it because you're, you are going to stay stuck in usually, um, if you look at your last 10 years of earning potential, the average of those 10 years is what you're ever going to be able to earn. And you stay stuck in that realm of earnings. So if it's like, your jobs are usually, you know, 50 to 60,000, then you're going to be in that realm of, and you're not going to be able to get that hundred K plus job or that hundred K plus income or whatever it is. And it's usually back to one of those kind of beliefs. So I love like everything you just said, really like you, you kept talking and then the words money mindset just kept getting clearer and clearer. So that's exactly what you mean whenever you say that, like, it's not just like one thing that you can say to someone say, Oh, right. this is what a money mindset is. Because like you said, it's different for everybody. Yeah. But like that just, it totally like my own childhood just like popped through like, you're a therapist, you're a money therapist. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> and I love it though, because from, um, from my own experience, um, you know, personally growing up, um, money was just, that's what it was. It was money. It wasn't really thought of as good or bad or less or more. But now that I look back at everything, you know, that I was taught about money, I can see, 
oh, that's why I do this with money. Or that's why, you know, because I'm naturally, it's so funny because I am a saver. I am totally a saver. <laughs> My husband is the spender. And it's so funny because, you know, you have this dynamic out in the world where it's like, oh, women shop and women do this. And we just all want to buy purses and shoes. And I'm like, I don't like to do that. That's not my thing. And mm -hmm. so um, it's really interesting on how, you know, different personalities, like it's just habit and it's the money mindset. So I love that you, you explain that so well. It's like you do this for a living or something. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. So I wanted to ask you um, another question. So, um, you know, you said that your husband is more, um, so do y'all do this business together? Like how does, how does that work for y'all's situation? Yeah, we do. Well, we do do the business together. Just mm -hmm. quick, easy answer. Um, the way we kind of split it up is like, he does more of the podcast interviewing. Um, we both do one-on-one -on -one coaching, um, with our webinars and stuff. Sometimes we'll do those together, sometimes separate. It's just, it depends. We both pretty much um ideally do the same thing but we just have different approaches like i'm very spiritual in what i do i'm very into the subconscious mind all of that he's kind of more strategy uh focused on like you know correcting money mindset for sales and stuff like that because that's his thing he's big into like i had mentioned before with the financial services he's big into growing teams, uh, closing deals, all that kind of stuff. I'm more like a, okay, well, let's get what's going on in your head and, and dig deep and, and work through all those issues on a different kind of level. So also depending on when a client comes to us, we give our clients the option of picking which one of us to work with, or they could work with both of us. And then sometimes after, even after that, if we're up, I'm like, oh, you probably want to talk to my husband a little, you know, like depending on our client's needs depends on who coaches them too. Cause although I could do what he does, he does what he does better and vice versa. So, right. right. I totally, I totally understand that. So, um, who is like, if you were to just paint a picture of your ideal client, like the perfect person that you would want to work with, like, what does that look like for you? Um, obviously a business owner or entrepreneur, um, somebody who is highly motivated and, and willing to do whatever it takes to, um, get to the next level that they want to get to. Um, that is, and, and somebody who's open-minded coachable, that's kind of what I mean by like wanting to, you know, highly motivated to get to the next level. Maybe those are better words to describe that. Um, I find that, you know, some people want to change, but then it's like, you give them advice on what to do. And they're like, no, I'm not going to. And it's like, well, if you do that, you'll get what you want. <laughs> Just like yeah. what I got to say. But um, <laughs> so I find that those that are like really coachable and um, willing to apply the advice because I mean, you could, I've, I've been doing personal development probably for like over 10 years, but in those first five years, I was just reading it or listening to it and not actually applying it. So it's nothing if you're not applying it to your life. 
Right. Absolutely. I, that's a hundred percent agree with that. If you, yeah. if you just heard that, like if you're <laughs> books or listening to these podcasts or getting all this good information, like go out and do something with it because yeah. it's so important. Yeah. So, um, going back to your ideal client. So how long for a typical client, let's say your last five clients, like how long do you work with someone? Is it like we sit down, there's, you know, a a discussion and then you give some strategies, you know, go do your homework and then come back. Or is it like you're working with someone for six months or a year? Like, what does that typically look like for y'all? It is usually about six months to a year. Um, we have different kinds of packages. We have like, somebody could even just do one session with us if they wanted to, but, um, we've tried different, different timeframes. And we found that like, even with three months, three months, we're kind of, you're getting momentum, but you kind of still need me for a little bit longer to kind of see you through your, your goal too. It also depends on a client's goals because, you know, if I'm trying to help somebody get from like zero to six figures or something like that, well then obviously we're going to need more time together because it's not just like a, here are the tools. It's like a, every week we meet and whatever you experienced from our time um, to the next time, there might be something that, you know, has sparked something in you're like, Oh, I need help with this too. Or something else came up or obviously there's always issues that come up and we can work through those issues. And also um, I don't, that makes it sound like, you only talk to me like once a week. Our clients actually have like 24 seven support. And we also have um, support through Voxer, which is like that walkie talkie app. So all through this entire process, if our clients ever have a question or something that comes up, even in the middle of our meetings, um, they can, you know, we're always reachable. Um, I do definitely assign homework because a lot of stuff is, it's stuff that you have to work on and, and not doing homework. Cause I'm, I'm big into like journal prompts and, and writing stuff out, um, doing, we have different kinds of exercises, which changes the way you look at your, your future for your business and stuff like that. So I assign all different kinds of things. Um, and it just really helps that person to work through Cause even just talking to somebody, you're not really sitting down and like getting everything out on paper that's in your head. So, um, so yeah, it's a mix of everything. <laughs> well, that's really cool. No, I'm just, I'm, that's really interesting because I haven't heard of that type of relationship with, you know, someone that's going to say, Hey, like, let's, let's really dig into this. Not just yeah. like talk about numbers and right. you no know, potential and deficits and like all these things like let's really like help you get there because I I find personally that like you know if there's a goal that I want to hit there's usually something standing in the way and that thing is usually myself (laughs) it's usually (laughs) you know it's either fear or doubt or something that was like you know someone told me I couldn't do that one time and I'm just like oh you know that can't happen and see there's things that also come up like let's say I worked with a client for a month. There might be 
the fears or the doubts that you think you have, or not, I don't want to say you think you have, you do have them for that month. We work on them. But as we're clearing all the top layer stuff, we're getting deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. So stuff's going to keep coming up. And then there might be even times where you're like, I've had clients that like, we've done all of this mindset work for like two, three months. And then they're like, I can't do this. I feel like something's holding me back. And it's like, well, what is it? Like what? And we discover this whole other block that's there that we didn't know before, but all those surface level and, you know, ones that weren't that deep had to get cleared before we get into the deeper, um, the deeper issues. So that's another reason why, like with the six month to a year time frame, is, I feel like those clients, um, get the most success because we really, really get through everything. And, um, there's probably even more work that we could do on top of that. But, um, but yeah, the, the longer time frame, the longer you're working with somebody and, you know, just even getting to know somebody right. like you feel more comfortable, you're more relaxed, just things just naturally come up more and stuff like that. So, well, um, I, I thought of this question a second ago and I was like, no, I shouldn't ask that. And I'm like, no, yes, I think I do need to ask this. So do you find that since there have been, you know, the online space is so crazy because you have like, it's just the spectrum that is, I feel like it's infinity long. You know, you have people that do this for 20 years and they never see any success. Then you have someone that goes to bed, a regular person wakes up a millionaire. So do you have a lot of people that come to you and say, I don't know what I'm doing, but I know, like you mentioned earlier, someone that's like, I want to go from $0 today to six figures by the end of this year. Like, do you have that often? Or is it more of like an everyday person that's like, man, I just want to make an extra 20 grand this year. Like what? I would say it's a good mix of both. Um, I've definitely had clients that like, well, you know, I'll have people that come to me and they're like, I want to do six figures by the end of the year, but I know I can't do that. And it's like, no, no, no. Like, you have, you said that to me first. So we're, that's what we're sticking with. And it's funny too, because a lot of times they'll like say something and then they'll try to back out and they're like, no, wait, but if I could do like 50, I'll be good. It doesn't have to be six figures. And it's like, no, like let's go for, you know, you want to stretch your vision. So zero to six figures in a year is really not impossible. I have seen that happen so many times. Um, but you're right. Like there is a huge spectrum of and there, there's like so many coaches out there now. And I mean, I only started this, like I, we only started this with the coaching about a year ago. So we're kind of new to that space too. But although we've been doing this really for like over 10 years, just not in the same kind of aspect, but, um, but what was I going to say? Well, I think like to go, to go back off to what you just said though, I think that that speaks volumes because uh, like, I totally agree with what you're saying. And there's so many people out there that are in this space. However, they don't know what they're talking about or they don't have the experience to back up what they're saying. They're just like, Oh, I have a really big Instagram following. So what I have to say, Oh wait, by the way, I've never built a business (laughs) or I've never done any of these things I'm telling you to do, but just come follow me. Come listen to what I have to say. Yeah. So yeah, you at least you have the credibility, even if you're just stepping into this coaching space. And I think that this is such 
a great area to be in because like you said, like the money mindset, like, oh, I feel like, and I love talking about this stuff because it's, it's an endless possibility. Like you said, like, because people are always changing, like you're right now. So we have three small kids. Those children will eventually leave, you know, they will leave our house. They will, you know, go to college. They'll go do whatever they're going to do once they leave this house. And then we're empty nesters. And then your money changes again, and then you retire. So it's like this ever evolving thing. So I, I love that you do this. This is such a cool, you know, I love that you work with entrepreneurs too, because sometimes I think as an entrepreneur, you feel like, I don't really want to ask anybody for help because then that means I'm not successful or I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. So, and do you have that? Like, do you have someone saying like, Oh, like, I think I want to work with you, but I don't, I don't, do I need you? Do I do, can I do this on my own? (laughs) Well, that was actually one of the reasons why I started with offering free coaching calls too, because well, one, because I feel like there's so many coaches out there too. So it's like, they kind of get to know me, I get to know them. And, um, my coaching calls are like real coaching calls. It's not like, Oh, I'm just trying to get you on the phone and sell you. Like, no, we actually work through some stuff. So, um, so it gives them a chance to see like what kind of value a call would have and how it could impact their business and in the long run. Well, that's awesome. Well, Sarah, that's awesome. That's all the questions I have about our money mindset. I'm actually going to shift gears a little bit and I'm going to ask you some questions. This is what, uh, some of the questions we ask all of our guests. So my first one is what motivates you on days when everything is just super tough? You've spilt your coffee, you're running late, like nothing is going the way that you imagine it to go. So what motivates you to keep going? Um, just my, my purpose, I guess you could say, cause I, I feel so, um, like I'm so aligned with this business that like, I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So just that alone, like it excites me. So even if I'm having a bad day and it's a rough start, like I kind of had one of those days this morning, I didn't spill coffee everywhere, but I was running late. I try to do, um, I actually just started trying to do like a daily live on my Facebook and Instagram. So I, my, um, my time to do that is supposed to be eight o'clock, but this morning I didn't get to it till eight fifteen cause I was late dropping off the kids and all that. But I still like, I came home and I was like, all right, like I couldn't wait to go live because it's just like, I don't know, it was exciting. Um, so for me right now, my motivation is, is my business. Um, prior to that, I would say it would probably be hard to find motivation just because like what I was doing wasn't something I really felt very strongly about. Well, that's what's so cool about um, having the podcast and interviewing people because, man, when you talk to someone that's doing what they want to be doing, like like you, like, I mean, we kind of had to cut off our interview. Like, we probably could have talked for three more hours about <laughs> you're loving what you do, and that's so important. So I'm so happy for you. Thank you. But, okay, so my next question is, do you consider yourself a perfectionist? No, I'm definitely not a perfectionist. Um, to, well, 
I guess you can say maybe to a little bit of an extent, like if I am making a video and I can't like get my words out, I will do it over and over again. But for the most part, like if I, even in my, if I'm trying to do something over and over again, I'll be like, oh, that's good enough. And I'll just like, you know, it, I won't let my not being able to make it perfect stop me from still putting it out there. That's good. That's awesome. Okay. My last question for you is if you could go back and tell yourself, your younger self, one piece of advice, what would you say to her? Don't listen to anybody who has <laughs> any negative opinion. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. That's my biggest thing because I was, I, um, I feel like I'm still working on it, but I feel I'm definitely in a much better place is I just cared too much what people thought about me. And I can be, well, I'm trying to stop labeling myself as it because it's something that people have told me, not something I believe in myself, but I've been told that I can just be, I can be very blunt and I can sometimes come across um, um, intimidating, I think is usually the word people use. <laughs> and I think that's just because I'm, I'm more of a person that I care more about your success than I do your feelings. So, um, I don't really care if I, if I say something that hurts your feelings, if it's going to help you and succeed. So, um, one of the things that were really holding me back in the beginning was people's opinions of how I was coming across and it came from everywhere. Even my husband has told me before, he's like, you need to like say that a little nicer or whatever. And I'm like, you know what? I can't say it nicer because even when I try to say it nicer, he's like, oh, you need to change your tone. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, I, I thought I said that nicely. So <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but you know, it, it's so funny because you said that you're like, I care more about your success than I do about your feelings. Like my childhood basketball coach popped into my head as soon as you said <laughs> that, because that's exactly what she was. Like she cared more about us not quitting on ourselves than she did about like us being in the moment, like ready to throw up because we ran too much or we were just whining <laughs> because it was too hard. Like that's what a coach does. So right. I think that that's awesome. Maybe it's just a characteristic that you needed to find a way to use it. Right. I think that what you're doing, like, I think, I think that's awesome. And I hope that I hope I'm glad that you, you know, you haven't listened to them. You shut those voices out and you say, you know what? I'm just going to be me and I'm going to give them the tough love because when it comes to money, I got to be honest, like sometimes you just have to tell someone like, look, you're in this, you know, mess because of yourself, but we right. can get you out of it. And I think, I think that's, that's great. You keep doing what you're doing. You're <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> But Sarah, okay, thank you so much for everything that you've shared with us. I want to know where can we find more about you? Do you have social media? Do you have a website? Where can you tell all of our listeners to find more information about you? Yeah, sure. So the website is AbundanceDaily.com. We also, our podcast is named the same, Abundance Daily, and it's on um, Spotify, iTunes, and Podbean. And then you can also find me on Instagram at Sarah with an H underscore Dumas 888. Um, and we are also on Facebook. We do have a like page on Facebook, which is also called Abundance Daily. And then we have our free Facebook group, which is called the Abundance Domination. So you can check 
any of those out. But if you are interested in um, signing up for one of those free coaching calls that I mentioned, what we do on the free coaching call is we create a crystal clear vision for the success in your business. And then we also identify anything that is um, uncover any hidden challenges that are keeping you stuck in your business. So if you are interested in taking advantage of that, then I have the link in my bio on my Instagram, or you can also go to theabundancedaily.com and click on work with Alex and Sarah. And then if you look on my picture and my little bio, I have the link on there too. Okay, perfect. And I'll grab all of those links and we'll put them in the show notes for this podcast episode. So you will definitely be able to go and find it. But thank you so much, Sarah, for coming on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. It was great. Y'all, I told you that Sarah was going to deliver, didn't I? Oh man, that was just such a good interview. And I hope that you got something out of it that really just helps you remind you every day to think about your money like in a new way. Like really focus on your mindset. Like do you have a healthy mindset about money? Do you have a negative one? And if you do, then how can you change it? Like do you need to go speak to someone who knows more about money than you do? And if you do, it's okay. Like it's not a sign of weakness to ask for help in the places that you need it, right? Like you go to a personal trainer whenever you want to lose weight or you want to get into shape. Like I think it's the same thing. If you want to have a better relationship with money, then go talk to people who can help you do that. I highly encourage you to go check out all of Sarah's resources and the things that she has. Y'all, she's got a podcast. Go listen to her podcast. It's free. It's not going to cost you any money. I encourage you, go listen to it. But that does it for episode 44. So I'm going to say it again. Remember to go check out the Abundance Daily Podcast. Subscribe to the show and leave a review. Stay tuned for the upcoming bonus episode that has some really important updates and some things that you're going to want to hear. Keep it up, rookies. We all have to start somewhere. 